0: girl. So today is the beginning of our uh, series uh, on Christmas. Do you hear what I hear? And and I love this time of year. I, I think I enjoy it because of all the giving that happens. Um, there's definitely a spirit of giving. You'll see this, uh, the Salvation Army, though the bell isn't my favorite thing in the world, but whatever, like get over it, Dan, right? Uh, it's It's just this Season of giving, you, you see the giving trees all over the place, and, and grab some of those. Grab multiple of those, just where, wherever you are. Just pick one from every place. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to go wrong uh, with giving. Uh, I love the, the donating of toys. A, a friend of mine, I took him out to Red Robin the other day, and he, I love the secret ninja blessing people. Uh, he's like, yeah, he goes, I'm going to do 20 this year. 20 of those Christmas tree things, and, he's, and he has like toys for Todd and all those different ones, and this is a guy who's making minimum wage, but he just loves, loves, loves to give. And again, the spirit of giving. And you hear these stories all over the news. Anyone hear the story from Vermont, the Walmart in Vermont? Anyone hear that story about the guy who paid the layaway items? So I've been putting a lot of stuff at layaway over in Federal Way, just <laughs> rolling the dice. No, just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> you have a Walmart in Federal Way? Come over here. No, it was an amazing deed, right? Just this incredible uh, miracle. But I was reading this article, and I just want to read a little bit from from the article. Uh, The end of the article says this. "To, To many shoppers, it was the kindness this mystery man showed that touched them so deeply. And then there's some quotes from these shoppers. And they said, I have a feeling that there is hope for mankind, that there are still good people out there. And then another person said, I get goosebumps thinking that this is The true magic of Christmas, that's the Christmas spirit walking among us. And then the reporter says, just like a real-life Santa Claus, the man delivered his gifts and swiftly left without a trace, spreading Christmas cheer to those in need. And I was like, just like Santa Claus, spreading Christmas cheer to those in need. And I read it, and I was kind of like, wait a minute, why does Santa get all the credit? I mean, I like Santa. I mean, don't get me wrong, but why does Santa get all the credit for kindness? So I read it a couple more times and got me thinking. I'm like, as a culture, we really get into this, and I get into it as well, but like Christmas spirit. I mean, the article talks about. Christmas magic, Christmas cheer, right? Just like Santa Claus, writing Christmas magic, Christmas spirit. And you see this Christmas spirit on a Hallmark. Anybody watching the Hallmark yet? It's pretty good. Does anyone else have the struggle that they don't put it in HD that you have to watch? Isn't that weird? Anyone else? Ours is the analog signal. And if if you're used to HD and then you have to watch an analog signal, Signal, you start hitting your TV. You're just like, what is wrong with my TV? But this Christmas spirit on Hallmark, on TV specials, it's the light, the music, the eggnog, the hot chocolate, the cookies, the presents. It's Santa. It's Christmas. And again, I'm a big fan of Christmas. I I I get into it all. I even went to the Victorian country Christmas uh, this week. A lot of fun. But it kind of feels like we're missing something. I mean, have I forgotten something, or or maybe someone? In my description of Christmas, like Jesus, (laughs) J-E-S-U, Jesus, yeah, it's a weird thing we do as humans, isn't it? Almost like this afterthought, oh yeah, and Jesus was born, I mean, I guess that's why we call it Christmas, like christ like birth of Christ, but in our culture, the, the birth of Jesus, it just doesn't fit into that other story, does it? It doesn't fit into that story of Christmas spirit and Christmas cheer and Christmas magic. Like, he's just this other story over here that doesn't fit. And yet, over the next month, we're going to see that Jesus is the reason for the season. I loved your shirt. Absolutely, amen. Jesus is the reason for the season. See, in that article, the shoppers said, I get goosebumps thinking that this is the true magic of Christmas. That's the Christmas spirit walking among us. And I thought, we can do better than that. Right, LifeSpring, if anyone comes up to you, hopefully they do, starts interviewing you, could we just say, you know, I get goosebumps. I like the goosebump part, but I get goosebumps thinking about this is the true meaning of Christmas. That's Jesus walking among us. Right, could we start giving credit where credit is due? No one gets us into the giving spirit like Jesus. Anybody else? Can anyone else agree with that? No one else gets you into the giving spirit like Jesus. No one brings awe and wonder into your life like Jesus. And so this month, we're bringing Jesus back in, that he brings something even better than Christmas magic, Christmas spirit, Christmas cheer. He brings something that doesn't just stick around for the month of December, but Jesus brings a hope, a peace, a joy, and a life. It's not just a season, but it's for every day of the rest of your life. Amen? That we could all say, I'm getting goosebumps because this is Jesus walking Among us. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I am so excited about this series. I I love it. I love you. I love the opportunity we get to just highlight you, to put the lights on you, to exalt you. And Lord, I pray that you would be exalted through everything I say today. Lord, would you open ears? This is a message that really ultimately is a message from your word for us today. We want to receive everything you'd have for us. We do not want to miss out. So speak, Lord. Rattle us, Lord. Shake us up today. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so the most famous Christmas chapter in the Bible. Anyone know? Luke chapter 2, absolutely. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Luke chapter 2. Maybe your smartphone, uh, Put you just open it up Luke chapter 2. So good. My dad reads this every year uh, to us and our extended family. Powerful passage of Scripture. If, if you have your phone open or your Bible open, just start reading through that. Maybe scroll through it. Just do a quick glance. You're, you're going to see, actually... Uh, if you've never read it just on your own, you're going to see it's very familiar to your ears. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, I recognize that. So today, we're not going to be in Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. So go ahead and turn the page before that. Turn turn back a page. Not quite as popular as chapter 2, but I think it's just as powerful. I wish we had the whole uh, enough time to uh, read the whole chapter, but we don't. So we're going to pick it up at verse 26. Verse 26, we got Elizabeth... And Zechariah, Elizabeth's pregnant with John the Baptist, and this is what Scripture says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I love this scene. The angel gives quite the speech. He tells her, this girl, Mary, that she is going to be a part of some pretty big stuff. I mean, he tells her, you've found favor with God. He tells her, you're going to conceive, give birth to a son. Not only a son, but you're going to call him Jesus, and he will be great. He'll be the son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him his throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants. Not just for a day, not just for a year, but... Forever, his kingdom will never end. I mean, can you imagine trying to share that with your mom or dad? So I met an angel today. Good news, I'm favored with God. I'm pregnant. But I'm favored with God. Don't worry, he's going to be great. Actually, he's God's son. I know. He's going to sit on David's throne, and he's actually going to reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom's never going to end. Pretty cool, right, Mom? What's for dinner? I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. But can you imagine with me? Just go with me here for, uh, for a second. Can you imagine what would begin to stir within Mary as she hears this from the angel? Can you imagine? It's probably a mixture of emotions. It's probably a little bit of fear, a little worry, a little anxiety. Probably a little excitement, a little joy, a little hope. She was like any other Jewish person back then. Jewish people back then, they were expecting, they were waiting for a Messiah, right? A Messiah who would come in the line of David. You see this in Luke chapter 2. There's this man named Simeon. There's a man in Jerusalem, and his name is Simeon, and he was righteous, and he was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit. He would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So the Jewish people, they're looking, they're waiting, they're hoping for the Messiah to come. And here Mary, again, this Jewish girl, she's just been given a word by an angel that she had been chosen to carry this messianic king. She was going to bring him into the world. And again, can you imagine the mix of fear and worry, but also hope. What could be? The expectation of what might happen. But then responds to the angels, and the first words out of her mouth are simply, well, how could this be? How will this be? I'm a virgin, right? How could this happen? I'm a virgin. And that jumped out to me this week, church, because how many times, come on, how many times have you and I heard something from the Lord where it kind of stirred us up, got our emotions going, felt a little fearful, but we also got a little excited and a little hopeful, but then the first words out of our mouth were, but no, can't happen. Impossible. I remember I was, when I was in Spokane, worked over there as a pastor for six years, and on several occasions, multiple times, the the Lord stirred up within me this passion to preach. And I'd practiced preaching in the shower, practiced preaching in the car, in the bedroom. But this was really for years. But I I didn't preach. I, I wasn't a preacher. I worked full time at a church, and yet I wasn't there to preach. No one taught me how. No one had given me the opportunity. It just wasn't a part of my life. But that hope, and maybe you can relate, but that hope, it was still there. And then I remember this one day, I was in a staff meeting, and we were supposed to write down some things that we felt the Lord was stirring up within us, and we had to share them with the group. And and again, I felt this fire within me that I was supposed to preach, and, and I knew it was an area of weakness it wasn't something that I did, but I wrote it down anyways, right? In, in vulnerability, but also in boldness, and I shared with the rest of the group. I, I said, I just feel like I'm supposed to preach, but I don't know how it's ever going to happen because it's not a strength of mine. And I remember one of the guys who I, I love, and I, I, I respect him a lot, but around that circle, he just says, well, hey, Dan, it is good for you to know where you are strong and where you are weak, and the Lord wants to play to your strengths. So it was this moment. I knew the Lord had been speaking to me and stirring me up, giving me dreams and vision for what could be. But in a moment, I was quickly brought back to reality. No. How could it be? It could never happen. I don't preach. Just like what happened to Mary, hearing from the Lord, excited about what could happen, but then quickly brought back to reality. That can't happen. I'm a virgin. This is what I love about God. Well, there's a lot I love about God, but we often get stuck in thinking in the natural, but I think God is so good at bringing His supernatural into our natural. Again and again, He shows Himself throughout the Word of God that He brings His supernatural to our natural. He turns our impossible into His possible. I want to keep on reading. Look at what the angel and how the angel responds to this Comment by Mary. Again, Mary, she tries to bring this angel, like she's reasoning with this angel, trying to bring the angel back to reality. Like, I know you're an angel and everything, but just could you calm down for a second? This can't happen because I'm a virgin. But I want you to pay attention to the angel's response. Again, listen for the supernatural, seemingly impossible things that begin to be declared by an angel over Mary's life. So verse 34, how can this be? How could it happen since I am a virgin? I am only a virgin. Verse 35, the angel has an answer. But Mary, listen to me. The Holy Spirit will come on you. That sounds pretty supernatural, doesn't it? And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. That's miraculous, right? How could that ever happen outside of a miracle of God? Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. A miracle. A miracle. Supernatural miracle. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, she's in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And so, Mary hears this supernatural word spoken over an impossible situation. This is so powerful to me because at this point, she has a decision to make. The supernatural, miraculous word of God has just been spoken over her. And she could, at that point, she could just laugh at the angel. You ever felt like just laughing at God when he speaks something over your life? She could have just argued with the angel. You ever felt like arguing with God when he speaks something over your life? She could have denied that it was even an angel, right? Maybe I'm just having a bad dream. But instead, look what Mary says. In response to a supernatural, miraculous revelation, she says, I in the Lord's servant. Say it with me. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Amen. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. This whole story it hit me hard this week as I think about what it means to be a Christian, what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, someone who puts their faith and trust in the Lord, because ultimately at this point in the story, where is her hope, right? Who is it in? Who could ever make happen what the angel just spoke over Mary? Right? Her hope for any of those supernatural events to occur, it's not in herself, right? It's what I just read. Could she make any of those things happen? You can answer out loud. Could she make any of those things happen? Absolutely not. It's not in herself. Her hope, by the way, is also not in Joseph. Her hope is in her parents. Her hope is in anyone else but God, to carry the Son of God. Where's her hope? It is solely in the Lord. Her hope is in, not just in the Lord, but in the supernatural workings of God that he and only he could make the impossible possible. In the story of me having this hope of one day being a preacher, eventually I ended up here in Edgewood, Washington. It was January of 2010, and I was a part-time worship pastor here at the church. But two and a half years later, Pastor Chad, he accepted a call to go pastor a church in Clarkston. And with his departure, it looked like I might be appointed the senior pastor. Now, that was a really big deal for my wife and I because there was one thing that senior pastors do a lot of that I really had done maybe two or three times. Do you know what that is? They preach, yeah. And, and again, and at that point in my life, I was living in this reality of, Dan, you don't Preach! In fact, I'll never forget. We're at the bottom of Javita. We're about to get onto one sixty-seven. I'm telling Mary, "Hey, I need you to really listen here. This is a serious conversation because I think they might appoint me senior pastor." And Mary, at that point, said what any of you would have said: "How can you be the senior pastor? You don't preach." But I'll never forget what I said. I said, "Well, the pressure's on God because." <laughs> I never asked to be the senior pastor, I don't want to be the senior pastor, but if this is what God is calling me to do, then the pressure isn't on me, the pressure's on God. I'll never forget that. Pressure's on God. If this is what he wants me to do, then he is going to have to come through in a miraculous, supernatural way. And though in many ways we started that conversation, how could this be, I don't preach, it turned into, but hey, we're the Lord's servants. May your word to us be fulfilled. And so as scary as it was, we put our hope in the Lord. And I'm not the best preacher in the world. I get that. But without exaggeration, I will tell you this. That week before my first sermon, I experienced a supernatural miracle. I experienced, just as I was praying over you guys, I experienced a supernatural feeling. I don't even know the right way to describe it. But just, a, a, in a, just an impartation, a feeling of the Holy Spirit. That he brought his supernatural into my natural. And what seemed so impossible to us, he made possible. As I share these stories, I hope they're a reminder to us that as Christians, and this Christian hope, my hope, your hope, it's not in ourselves. But it's in God. It's in God. But even more than that, it's a hope In the supernatural workings of God. That with God all things are possible even when it looks and it feels impossible. And this is really where faith comes in. Have you heard of that word before? Faith. Faith in God. Trust in God. That without God, without Him moving in really ways that are beyond us, this isn't happening. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this about faith. Faith is the confidence... That what we hope for will actually happen. I want to say that again. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for, is going to happen. Faith, it gives us the assurance about things we cannot see. I love that. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And yet again, often what we hope for could never happen outside of a miracle. So this is a huge part of the Christian faith. We put our faith in a God who is able to do the impossible, believing in Him and Him alone to do a supernatural miracle. It's a huge part of the Christian walk, putting our hope in God when everyone around us is telling us, Hey fool, it could never happen. We hold on in faith saying, It can in God. All things are possible with God. Abraham trusted in God. Remember Abraham hoping in a promise that he would be the father of many nations. But it wasn't fulfilled through something special that Abraham did. No, it was only fulfilled through the supernatural workings of God who provided him a son. Do you remember how old Abraham was when he got that son? A hundred years old. The Israelites, they were delivered. They, they hoped to be delivered from Egypt, hoped to be taken out of that bondage of slavery. But it didn't happen because of something they did. It only happened because of the plagues that God sent and the waters that God parted. Hope fulfilled. It does not come from what we do, but it comes from God, through God, made possible by God. He is our hope. It's not me. It's not you. No, our faith, our hope is in the supernatural God who moves in supernatural ways. He and He alone is our hope. You see this in the New Testament as well. When you read the stories of Jesus, and I'd encourage you to read the stories of Jesus. Read the Bible. It's encouraging. It's encouraging. When you read his stories, really what you're reading are the stories of humanity's hopes being fulfilled in him. Think of all the things that he did for us. He brings sight to the blind. He heals the leper. He sets free the demon-possessed. He forgives the sinner he ministers to tax collectors, to prostitutes, to the downcasts, to the forgotten. Each one, they had no hope outside of Christ. Their only hope was in the supernatural, miraculous move of God. If you remember, he even brings hope to the thief on the cross. You remember that guy? Up there on the cross. Remember, there was, how many crosses were on that hill? Three. And there was a thief. He was completely without hope. He was condemned to die. He would die. He did die. What could he do? But then he turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus looks at him. I I can just see the eyes of Jesus. Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. When Jesus came to earth, your hope came to earth. I want to say that again. When Jesus came to earth, your hope came to earth. And you're never going to go wrong when you place your hope in him. I want you to consider what you're facing this holiday season. You know, where are you needing to place your hope once again in the Lord? And it's hard because in the natural, whatever you're going through, it probably does feel impossible. Maybe outside of Christ it is impossible. But again, your hope is in a God who can bring His supernatural into your natural and turn your impossible into His possible. In fact, it has been extremely powerful to me. Over the past couple of weeks, I I, I had you guys just let us know. Write it down. Let us know where you see Jesus bringing hope, joy, peace, and life today, right? Because we believe that, yes, he came 2,000 years ago, and we believe he brought hope into the world. But it didn't stop when they killed him on that cross. That hope just got more powerful because he raised three days later. And I wanted you to just think about that in your own life. If your Christianity is just about an ancient story, then your God, He might not be living, but you have a living God who's living inside of you doing miraculous things. That's why last week when I preached on life as a gift, if you can't figure something out to be thankful for, be thankful that you have breath. He's doing something in your life. He's alive in you, and He's bringing hope. Where there was no hope, He's bringing Hope. I love what Linda said. Pray for the kids in our town. But don't just pray. Some of our prayers are so depressing. Pray as if Jesus actually loves the little children and that He will bring His life into their lives. Pray with expectation, church, that God still does the miraculous and the supernatural. He's alive. He's alive. He's bringing hope. He's bringing hope. Just listen to some of these responses from you. From you guys. Someone said, Jesus is bringing me hope as he continues to give me strength and give me healing. Hope through healing. That was a very common response that we got. Another person says that she was uh, just praying for complete healing. She had a skin condition. She talks about just how awful this skin condition was. But she says, gradually my skin began to heal and the pain is subsiding. And she goes, I'm able to sleep again. She says, praise my Lord God, my Father, Jesus, my Savior, and the Holy Spirit my counselor. Healing. Healing, it's a supernatural work of God. So many, again, so many of you told us that in this miraculous work of healing is how the Lord is bringing you hope. Another person says, and I love this, that Jesus brought them hope at the baptism service we just had. Anyone remember the baptism service? Specifically, the person wrote down that what brought her hope was when she saw Tucker, Tucker Mary, if anyone here, is second service, at the end of our baptism, Tucker got up in his clothes and everything and just comes over here and gets baptized. And this brought this person hope to see this young man step in faith. So, by the way, your steps of faith, just so you know, there's a good chance they will influence other people's faith as well. Another person says that they just see Jesus bringing them home, uh, hope through a song or through a word of encouragement that comes at just the right time. Have you ever received a word or a song? Have you ever had that song come on the radio, that scripture pop up on your phone? It's just at the right time. That's how I felt the first time I ever heard the song, um, Who You Say I Am. Remember that song? Who, I think I did it last week. The, the line, in my father's house, there's a place for me, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. The first time I heard that line. A supernatural experience. Another one of you wrote that Jesus is giving you hope as a couple of your children who haven't been in contact lately, or, or for years actually, that lately they have been in contact with you. They have been writing you letters. What a supernatural miracle from God. Our hope is in the Lord. Each one of those responses, you see God doing what only God can do. He comes in supernatural, miraculous, seeming impossible ways, and He brings healing, restoration, reconciliation. He is our hope. All of this reminds me of one of my favorite passages in the Bible. It comes from Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Some of you this morning... You need a supernatural miracle. You need a supernatural display of God's power in your life. You need His Spirit to come in to renew your strength. That you would soar on the wings of eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. But it's so hard because often as humans we try to do this thing called life without the author of life. We try to do it on our own. Instead of trusting in God, we trust in our own works and our own plans. And yet, today, I I just believe this, church, that God, in His grace and in His mercy, I I believe He wants to have us put our hope in Him again. That we put our hope in the Lord. That He and He alone will renew our strength. Putting our hope in God can be a very humbling experience. Because it's actually coming to the realization that you're in need of a miracle. That's hard, isn't it? I can't do this on my own. That I am weary. That I am faint. That I do need help. But I believe it's in this place of humility. In this sweet place. Even maybe a place of brokenness. Where God begins to flood us with hope. And our response turns from how could this ever be? How could this ever happen? To instead... I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. There's a great verse in the Bible. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Many of you are facing something today where you need a miracle from the Lord, a supernatural display of his power in your life. And I I believe, as I was praying this week, that God wants to do that for many of you today. So this is what we're going to do as the worship team just plays softly. Uh, If you could break into groups of three to four people, and not everyone has to share in those groups, but just for those who are realizing that there's this area where you're just saying, man, I need the Lord, my hope. Is in Him. Now, I want to pray for those needs. I want us to be praying for one another. And let's get specifically into these areas where we just see that, Jesus, you are my only hope. I need a miracle. And those are some of those dangerous places that we write off in our flesh. But let our spirits soar today that God is still into the miraculous. He's still into the supernatural. Allow him to bring his supernatural into our natural, his possible into our natural impossible. So you might need to stand up and cross aisles. You might need to move around a little bit, but just over the next five or so minutes, uh, break into these groups of three or four and uh, pray for one another and expect, expect the supernatural miraculous moves of God. Amen.